Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How's it going? Uh, well, the trees hate me. Oh, <laughs> why do the trees hate you? You have got oh, serious issue with trees, Kelly. I, Let's just I put do. that up I there I really now. need to heal my relationship with trees. <laughs> you do. They're falling in your yard. They're hating on you. What's going on? Yeah. Now, now they're just spewing pollen everywhere. Everything in everywhere in Virginia, in, in Richmond at least, is covered in yellow dust right now. It's it's bad. It's getting yeah. bad up here too. Yeah, it's about that time of year where we are just covered in tree stuff. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. But what is good, Kelly, is that we have a guest today. <laughs> we do. I'm super excited because I haven't gotten to talk to her in a little while. So I'm just like, yay. Uh, which is which is ironic that I haven't gotten to talk to her in a while because uh, you know, she runs my moon magic program. You'd think right. I'd get to talk to her more, but <laughs> <laughs> That's what I get for not showing up to the rituals. But but there are she's doing these amazing rituals for my clients and my clients are just like screaming like amazing things about her. They're they're in love with her. So um and you guys if, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while you've actually met her before. Her name is Charlemagne Tremont and she is an amazing practitioner as well as an astrologer and a um, yoga instructor and an Alexander Technique practitioner and, 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 and yeah, herbalist and, uh, you know, 
the, yeah, she's like, she's showing me a little bottle of stuff here. <laughs> she's putting stuff together as we're sitting here sniffing our, our, our uh, essential oils while we wait to, for our sinuses to stop flaring. So, uh, without further ado, welcome Charlemagne. Glad you could come, honey. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's an honor and a pleasure as always to be here, Kelly. It's so nice to see you. You too, Joey. Thank you. Welcome back. It's good to have you here. So you're here. I'm guessing that means we're going to be talking about something fun and interesting. Uh, we're continuing on. Like our, we don't talk about fun and interesting things with me. I'm a little insulted. You can be insulted if you want, but you know that when Charlemagne comes on, we go down all I'm kinds teasing. of fun, crazy paths. We do. We do. And, 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 well, and, I'm and just this teasing. one, and this one is absolutely going to fall down that road because we are on our wheel of the year. And this is finally, Kelly, even though you, you said we were going to do this like two wheels ago, two spokes ago. Well, that's because I suck. <laughs> you don't suck. I was so excited about Beltane. I just didn't want to be with the other ones in between. So we are at Beltane <laughs> and we got to start out. What are we talking about with Beltane? What is it? Do you want to take that one or you want me to? We can both take it if you like. And if you had something that you wanted specifically to, to mark on there to make sure we hit, and then I can go in after if you like, or I can just say, Hey, it's the height spring festival when all the polony things, which, you know, it's part of Beltane. We think about Beltane as the time of blossoming. Spring is firmly here. There is no question that life is moving towards the direction of fulfillment and that the rising sap is happening in more ways than 10. So happening in trees, happening, we think about it, right? Lambing season, right? It's a time of the babies being born. It's a fertility time in the cross quarters between spring equinox and summer solstice. It's a very festive time. You can certainly say that as a beginning. It is the exact opposite of Samhain or Samhain. Um, depending on who you ask. Uh, and uh, that Samhain or Samhain is uh, what most of us in the U.S. think of as Halloween, right? So it's the it's the celebration of death as the part of the cycle of life. And so the exact opposite of that is the celebration of birth and sex as the celebration of life uh, in, on Beltane. And so, you know, we're having this lovely moment of wee, right? <laughs> So if you feel a little extra sexy, that would be why, you know. Thinking about it energetically, you can look at it too as a threshold, um, a marker of um, opening an initiation into light as the waxing solar year is coming to a point of being at its height before it wanes at midsummer, which seems ironic, but that's what happens Midsummer is the absolute zenith, and then from that point it declines. So right now we're in this place of heightening energy. So everything is in that motion, um, as well as, you know, by now we're feeling the impact of daylight savings time being shifted. So now we're seeing more light. The days are longer. We want to actualize more. We have more time and energy in our daytime to do more. And that's part of it, too. Part of the archetype of spring is lots of activity. And uh, part of the Beltane rites really are this sort of notoriously wild and chaotic energy that can be coming up where we have to really look at what purifying fire and raw fecundity, erotic tension and rising power really bring us, right? There's a point of uh, the heart of it all is joyful and playful 
And ultimately, if we can get to it within ourselves, a sense of great wonder, um, which, you know, the erotic tension can be wonderfully beautiful versus seriously about baby making, right? And for most of us who are coming from a pagan place, that's true. We invite communion, attraction, desire, and what it means to have our longing met, you know, what eros, true eros really is about. Well, and... It, you know, I like to, to land these things in what we normally think of in our day-to-day lives. And uh, the equivalent for sort of mundane, you know, muggledom is uh, May Day, right? So May Day actually has a lot of the Beltane rituals included in it. And so uh, the the Maypole being the most obvious one. And I, I love this because it is the, the serious skewing of a, of a meaning of something. You know, you, the, the maypole was originally and is still in pagan circles. Uh, it's a phallic symbol. And the, the ritual is that the women prepare the hole and the men go get the pole and they put the pole in the hole in an act of ritual sex. And then together, the men and the women grab the ribbons that are attached to the top of the pole and weave the sheath of the, of the vagina around the phallus of the maypole. And the fact that we have bastardized this to the point where we have usually prepubescent girls doing this is a little disturbing. (laughs) (laughs) More than a little disturbing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, But that's, it's a fertility rite. And uh, one of the practices was to go out into the fields and have sex with whoever was in front of you in order to literally fertilize the fields with the energy of sex and fertility and any child born of those unions. And and the unions were whether you were married or not, right? And any child born of those unions was considered a child of the May and was considered the child of the entire village. And so there was no bad association with it. It was, oh, look, this is the child of May that from our fertility right. And aren't, isn't this person special, right? So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a whole thing that nobody has a clue about. (laughs) And that's an interesting one because that was not common for that time for children born out of wedlock to be uh, not uh, sort of marginalized in that sense. So that's, that's very interesting. It's a special circumstance. Yes, I was going to say, particularly when you have the whole idea of how family lines come down and what a what they used to call a, you know a bastard, what a bastard child would have to the cross they would have to bear socially, and so this was a very big exception um, because this was the conception that happened during a sacred time when all of the usual prohibitions were lifted in many places. So, yeah, that's a very interesting thing to note. So for those of us who are going into Beltane as as we reach this point, what are the, what are we looking for to get out of this time of year? Obviously, we said it's a sex. time of fertility sex. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there you go, folks. That's the episode. It's done. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I'm not sure we need Beltane for that. I, I, I call that a day that ends in Y, really. But, <laughs> but no, but is, is that really the only thing that this time of year is for? I, I got to think there's more energetic here. <laughs> there's quite a lot, really. It's it's a yeah. really powerful time to, uh, to also come into really understanding the seeds that we've planted at spring equinox and the time that we're sitting in and what we want to really see come to fruition and adding extra energy to those things. So you may set your intentions and then continue to like a plant feed and water them. And so sometimes the sexual rites, and you look at ceremonial magic and I have some training there that you would use sex magic to give energy. We'd raise that sexual energy and then channel it towards your intentions. We're entering, we're in the season of spring, but we're also coming through the wheel of the year and the season of fire. And I often think of fire. And when I read Tarot for people, I say, you know, fire is always coming up to say to us, what is your true will and what are you willing to do to accomplish it? Do you have the focus? Do you have the energy? Do you have the inspiration? And are you willing to put in the perspiration, the creativity to bring it to form? How do you want to manifest, right? Understanding that when we say Beltane is a juncture in in the point of the year where we're really powerfully committing to one thing or another. And when we say yes to one thing, we really have to acknowledge we're saying no to all the others. You can't, it's like also Kelly, you appreciate, you know, you can have a place where you're putting a lot of energy in a relationship. It's the same thing, right? If you were lucky enough and you had a lover at Beltane, you would be sure to be meeting them in the field. This is, this is no accident. And like, yes, there's the place where whoever you met with in the field, you could have your enjoyable time. But for those who made that choice to meet in the Beltane fields for very high, what they thought of as high energy and high intentioned sexuality to feed the fields, that was also feeding themselves, feeding their love, feeding their passion. Same energy can be put into your passion project. What do you want to manifest? The child of light isn't always a child of birth. And that's a really important thing to understand. In nature, that's true too. You know, we think about just the way that the natural cycle works. So right now, all the trees are doing their thing to use. You know, Kelly brought it up, so let's work with it, right? All the trees are busily spreading seed hither and yon on the wind. They're going to go where they go and fall where they fall. And the same is true. We may have many wishes and many intentions and many desires, yet it's the ones that we really give the dominant heartfelt energy and passion to that are going to grow strong, bear fruit. That's a lot of what we also want to think about at this time of year was we're raising energy, right? There's an, also an understanding that there's a tension between the opposites with the generative and what's dissolving or what we want to dismantle. What stands in the way of us manifesting? We want to really understand that. Right. Oftentimes it's breakdown before breakthrough. You have to let go of something in order to make space for something else. Right. So sometimes people say, well, it's not coming true and I'm putting in all this energy. And I'll say to them, well, have you taken the time to look at what is no longer working? What might be the obstacle and removing it? There's only so much room and so much energy in the world. It is not like there's space for everything. Just think about it in terms of things we plant. Again, you have to weed the garden. Everything can't flourish. 
in order for you to get what you most want, you have to be willing to sometimes be brutal and weed, pull out what does and doesn't work. That is a very consistent message to what we've talked about throughout the wheel of the year is that every time we come to one of these high energy times where we're setting intention or we're, we're doing our manifestation work, that part of that work is to ensure that you are clearing that, which is, is, what is it? The clearing away the chaff or, or, you know, you're clearing that which is dead or no longer helpful to you in order to make room for the energy that you're, you're putting into these, these things that are part of these uh, rituals at these high energy times. That's very cool. Very consistent. I love consistency. Yes. <laughs> well, I'll give you another seed sort of to bring it through the through line because another Kelly, seed. Nice. Yeah. Well, Hey, you know, we're, we're working, we're, we're working it as best we can. We really as, are. <laughs> as Kelly had mentioned, you know, we're looking at the, the polar opposite and the wheel, which is Samhain. And so when we think about bearing the growing pains and fluctuations and uncertainty that happens when we're letting go, when we're in the, in between time between Samhain and here, when we reach the place of action and the new pathways that begin to emerge in spring and the will of the year will teach us that nothing new comes just from the light, that it has to be born from the fertile darkness, right? That we enter at Samhain and then everything that's gestating. And again, seeds, they gestate in the dark. They don't gestate in the light. And so we have to remember that balance. It's always, it's always there. No matter what spoke we're on the wheel, there's a place where, and I love this also as an astrologer, there's a place for understanding the polarity and how they give power to one another and feed one another is really important, that they're really written into the transformational rights, whether we're conscious of it or not. And that is what supports us as we grind ourselves deeper and deeper into our offerings as the cycle continues, if that makes sense. And and when you're talking about polar opposites, people often perceive balance in their lives as being standing in the center of two polar opposites, that they're they're at the fulcrum point. And that's not actually true balance. True balance is standing at both polar opposites at the same time and having it not be a paradox, right? It's just being able to fully embrace both sides. And, you know, I'm I'm planting my garden right now. And I put in some tomatoes and then we had a heavy frost a, a few days later and I covered them and I protected them and they looked okay. And then a week later they didn't look as okay. And so I literally pulled them out and I replaced them with other tomatoes because I only have so much room in my garden and I wanted to make sure I was doing the ones that would give me the most chance of success. And so even if it's something that's kind of limping along, it may be time to pull it out and make space for something that's really healthy, right? Right. What's going to flourish? Exactly. You want something that's going to flourish. One of the things that we do as um, survivors of trauma is we have a tendency to settle we have a tendency to accept less than and say, well, anything good is good. And it's like, you know what? At some point, you got to look at it and say, better is better, right? <laughs> and, right? And be like, oh, yeah, well, because better is better, damn it, right? So, you know, don't settle. This is This is the time to really look and see if what you planted was something you were settling for, 
something that was less than what you really wanted and then, you know, up level it because, you know, that's what we do is we settle and then we get less than, and then we try to be grateful for our less than. And it's like, it's really hard to be grateful for something you settled for, right? Don't, don't settle, go for what you actually want. If you get three quarters of it, then it's going to be much better than what you were willing to settle for, right? We had a take stock moment at Imbolc, right? And, and this is your second chance at taking stock. It's your chance to say, okay, well, I planted some stuff and how's it going, right? Uh, you know, I, I've done this in my life over and over again. I, I, when I was 28, my Saturn return, I ripped apart my whole life and put it back together again. And every two or three years, I would look at it and go, well, that worked and that didn't and that didn't and that didn't. So we're going to rip out everything that didn't and we're going to start over again. And I just did that and did that and did that and did that until I got to where I am now. And I'm still doing it. Let me be clear. Like with your I'm tomatoes. Like with my tomatoes, damn it. I want better. <laughs> I want best. I want the most. I want, I want, I want the best I can possibly get. And that's what I want for you. I want you guys to have the best that you can possibly get. What is it that you are settling for in your life? And how can you rip it out and get something better? And doing it by stages is fine. You don't have to immediately jump from subpar to amazing. You know, maybe you get from subpar to slightly less subpar, you know, but it's an improvement, right? So don't, don't give yourself a hard time if what you choose next isn't perfect. If it's better than you had before, it's progress. Now's your opportunity to see if what you p picked in Imbolc was better than what it was before, but still not optimal, right? And don't, don't spend, don't waste time in judgment. Okay. I can't say that enough. Judgment is a resistance to change. Do not waste time in judgment. Just go, nope, that is not optimal. I want this instead. And then put that energy in and use the energy of the time to do that. And that's, ex that's extremely good advice. And especially at this time where because of the nature of the heightened energy we have available to us, there's the opportunity to also let things land lightly. You know, we're not rooting in necessarily with every single thing. So in terms of a time of experimentation and the alchemical, the wild alchemical nature that's available at this particular cross quarter because it is a fire festival right that which is useful we're going to really dive into passionately with power with you know all the potential we have to bring to it to bear and what isn't we can burn off we can offer up and think about what you want your offering to be what we offer to the fire is important we don't want to just offer our trash right we also want to offer our prayer we want to offer our passion we want to offer our commitment this is a time also to strengthen those things within ourselves, within our relationships, within our communities, within our gardens. You can commune with the fire. You can allow it to feed your passion, right? The, the energy of the fire is passion. And passion, by the way, is the foundation of joy. So passion 
birthed in the second chakra, brought up through the third chakra in, in through worthiness. So you have to give yourself permission to feel like you get to have it. So passion birthed in the second, you feel worthy of it in the third, goes up into the heart and explodes into joy. Yeah. And to love, right? This is the thing about when you're working, when you're doing a lot of chakra work, and I've been going back through and doing quite a lot of it recently. And recognizing also that that place of transform of transformation really that happens with the alchemical marriage, because that's part of the fertility, right? Right, is the alchemical marriage, and by that I don't necessarily mean gendered. We all hold within us the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine. It is archetype. We can connect to it regardless of what we have. Our little bits and parts are. That's less of the issue. What's the issue is how we are connecting to the great yin and yang, the great divine in those aspects within ourselves and how we're bringing that forth into the world to be made manifest, right? So again, that place of the union meeting in the heart of passion, compassion, sexuality, sensuality. And then, you know, if you want to continue what you were saying, Kelly, and we bring it up further, right? Then we have to speak that truth. That becomes the word. The word becomes the prayer. And again, what do we invoke? It's magic. Our words have power. Let's add that power, that passion to our words with consciousness. Let's bring it up to the third eye. What do we want to see in the world? What do we want to really bring forth? And how, again, are we dreaming it into being? Are we dreaming it into being? That's one of the other things that sometimes doesn't get talked about a lot, that Beltane, Beltane-Walpurgisnacht, um, right? Very famously known also in Europe, Walpurgisnacht. This festival was also a big dreaming time. They say that the dreams that you have around this fire festival are part of what the gods want you to bring into the world. And sometimes it was these wild visions and they, they would say the gods would come into their dreams and bring messages. And we see a lot of that in the ancient cultures too. Tons of stuff around that. So, you know, this is a time to really start to plant the seeds. If you're not attending right to that fertile darkness, which is the mind, that part of the mind, that's going to help you in your magic. Because it's not always what the thinking is. It's also the feeling, the intending. What do you want to bring forth? What we're doing now, and it's far away to think about. And I'm usually the last person to push ahead and, to, you know, too far in advance because I want to live in the now. However, you know, here's this wonderful time to think about what we tend now and how well we do is going to be what we harvest at the next equinox and beyond. And so, you know, a, a simple ritual that you could do for Beltane would be to plant a plant, you could write a little intention on a piece of paper, not a big one, because the plant has to actually have place for the roots to grow, right? But you you take a small piece of paper, and that forces you to get really clear about your intention, because you get maybe a sentence, right? And then you fold it up, and you stick it underneath the plant, and then you plant the plant, and then you nurture it by watering it and feeding it and making sure it gets sufficient sun and not too much sun and that is a way that you actually uh, send energy into your intentions for this. So that would be a very simple Beltane ritual. That's perfect. Well, this is fantastic. We've got a lot of stuff to prepare for. We have, um, it's a very sexy time of year, apparently, it seems. Uh, but, but 
sex magic is is incredibly powerful anyway so this this sort of uh is is interesting that way so i think we're we're moving towards wrap up here but as we do is there any final thoughts that either of you want to give with regards to uh beltane and what the listeners should keep in mind here Yes, as a matter of fact. So I want to be sure to drop this in. We have a full moon in Scorpio on lunar Beltane, which is April 26th, which is very, very close to solar Beltane. So again, you know, without getting too technical. So the energy of Scorpio already brings about that sexuality, that maybe that darker, sexy sexuality. And having that full moon right there within the Beltane week is really adding heightened energy. So if you wanted to start your preparations and you want to really get a good jump start. prepare for that April 26th, that full moon in Scorpio. And that's a wonderful time to really ask yourself, what do I desire? It's really important to understand. It's also important to understand just in a basic way that Scorpio is ruled anciently by Mars, which is where the full moon, where the new moon just was in Aries and Mars, and as well as by Pluto, which is the god of the underworld. So really looking at what are we maybe pushing away that we do desire and how is it coming to light in the light of the full moon? And how can we have a healthy and loving perception of it to bring it into the light, to maybe have it have a place to blossom and grow into something beautiful at Beltane and beyond so that whatever it brings us, we can harvest it for our good and the good of the whole. Now you said that is the 26th of April, yes. correct? Yes, okay, that is so correct. That means for those listening that this is this is set to air on the 25th of April, so this you will you will be right in that wheelhouse uh, as you're listening to this, ripe as ripe it were in that wheelhouse. <laughs> in what I call the moon tide, right? You're right in that moon tide, which is a day or two before the full moon or new moon and the day or two after it, that energy is right there to still ride literally and figuratively ride it kids have a good time. It's really there for your desiring, you know, for your pleasure. And that's one of the things too, that sometimes gets forgotten that these celebrations are not just so solemn, that they're pleasurable, they're joy, that there's, there's the, again, the yin and the yang of it, the, the expansion and the contraction always yeah, present. This is the wild party ritual mm-hmm. this one really is it is the really fecundity and beauty when when i went to festivals at this time we would like walk around with whipped cream shots and like spray whipped cream on different people and you know lick it off and stuff so yeah it is the wild party time so have yourself a wild party <laughs> just do it covid friendly <laughs> and and always safe safe too. Yes. I feel important and very, very important to state that too. And it's, it's, you know, having that, having said that it is the time of the wild God and the wild goddess and their most, in their greatest beauty, right? It's their youthful strength and power. So we can, no matter what our age, we can connect to that. It's always there for us if we're alive with it. Perfect. Awesome. Kelly, is there anything you wanted to talk about before we wrap up? We're we're real close to time here. Anything else I want to add? No, there's there's nothing else I want to add. Um, but I I do want to mention that we got a really lovely testimonial, a uh, little review, not not 
testimonial so much as a review that somebody posted. And uh, I, I, I've asked Joey to read it because I, I thought it was so awesome. And I just wanted to say thank you to the person who posted it. Yeah. So this was posted on Apple podcast and it was from wind through the trees via Apple podcast uh, just recently done. It's a, it is a wonderful uh, uh, review of the show. She says, or he says, I shouldn't assume, but anyway, um, I've never been a big fan of podcasts, audiobooks, etc., but I have been a loyal, everyday binge listener since episode one. I may have been late to the party, but I came across this podcast in January 2021 looking for podcasts about empaths, and this satisfied that and then more than I could have ever asked for. In the beginning, I had no idea what I was looking for or even the kinds of questions to ask. I just had no clue. Now I am just about caught up, and the information that has been covered is beyond priceless. Finally, I have the terminology and basic understanding of concepts that I had no frame of reference for before. Not only has it helped explain so many of the pieces that I had been wondering about my whole life, but it has helped me with the self-awareness of what I need to work on and what I can learn more about that will benefit myself and others I have an impact on. Thank you so much, Kelly. That is a really wonderful, wonderful testament to uh, what you've you've put together here. And uh, this is episode 149, almost 150 episodes of Spirit Sherpa. It is it is really uh, the the content has been priceless, and I think that people are enjoying it. And you know, wind through the trees has that said it perfectly. I don't think we could have had it much more. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that testimonial. That was lovely. I so appreciate it. And I'm glad that it's been so helpful for you. And it's, it's really nice for us to get to see these because otherwise, you know, we're just sort of talking into the wind. right? <laughs> um, we're just like sending it out into the ethers and hoping it's working for people. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time to write that and to share that with us so that we could uh, get a sense of what the impact is of what we're doing here. And we appreciate you so much. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well then if that is all, then that is all we have for this week. Perfect. But be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I am Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta and Charlemagne Tremont, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Spirit Trippa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under a Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to www.creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up for or get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to www.kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions, with post-production by Christopher Wright. Into my home and my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing? But you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since 
you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.